everyone. Welcome back to Paranormal. I am your host, Marie Adirandi, and as almost always joining me today on the podcast is our friend, Victoria Kuharski. Hey guys, that's me. <laughs> so uh, today we are at Victoria's house, so we're doing things a bit differently because her parents are on vacation. Woohoo! So, <laughs> so we're at Victoria's. If you hear anything weird in the background, it's probably just her very cute dog, Lola, who we love and treasure. Um, so to start this one off, I guess we're going to start with just maybe, maybe just a little tiny apology to everyone for, um, <laughs> for the delay in posting these. Um, oh, it looks like the dog wants out. Um, so I wanted to apologize for the delay. I wanted to sincerely thank the people who not only reached out to me on Twitter and Instagram and through email asking me when the next episode was going to be on, but I wanted to, so like, thank you to them, obviously, for like listening and giving a shit. But I also wanted to give a very sincere and heartfelt uh, thank you to everyone who not only reached out to ask me that, but then also followed up with, are you doing okay? are you all right? Because we're worried about you. That's so sweet. <laughs> Which is really, really nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've just kind of been like dealing with a lot in my personal life, which we're not going to get into, but we'll just leave it at that. And then on top of it, it just kind of seemed like a waterfall of things. <laughs> just like, it's okay. Just like a waterfall of things kind of happened all at once. Um, where like, I don't know. It's like a four minute commute from my house to our our old office. Yep. And our office recently moved and now it's an hour and a half commute to my new office. In rush, like traffic, in, in, it's like two hours. Yeah. Like in rush hour traffic, it would be like an hour and a half to two hours each way. So that's like mm-hmm. an extra three to four hours of my day yep. that's added on top of, you know or that's taken away basically from me being able to do things that I want to do. Yeah. And then, um, on top of it, like Victoria and I have been really into the gym lately. So we're also like trying to add that into our regimen and figure that schedule out. As I'm eating ice cream. Shut up. They don't need to know. <laughs> they can it's hear me. Salad. It's food. salad. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, there was something else. So there was that and then the work thing and personal things. And it's just been basically, it's just been a lot of. It's been like one thing after another. Well, and just and it's more just like, I need to find the time to fit this in. I need to get a new schedule down and then figure out how to fit this into that new schedule. Yeah. Because. Not that this podcast isn't fun for me and not that it's not important because it is because it gives me a creative outlet, but I literally make zero dollars off of this podcast. I've I've never made a penny off yeah. of this podcast. So this is just something I do for fun. And unfortunately, if it comes down to my mental health, my physical health, or my job and making money for myself... Uh, to live off of <laughs> over this podcast unfortunately the podcast is gonna have to come at the end of those things right so just wanted to give you a quick update on why we've been 
MIA. We are going to be carpooling together shortly. So hopefully when that happens, we'll just come like straight home from work, go straight to the gym, come back, nail out a quick episode of the podcast like once every two weeks. And then you guys won't hate us so much. Yeah. But again, just thanks to everybody who wanted to know if I was okay. Oh, that was the other thing is I was going to also be like, and I turned 30, which was like fun for nobody. Like that was oh not my fun goodness, for that anyone. Was horrible. Okay. So this broad over here <laughs> has been complaining literally mm-hmm. for months. Mm-hmm. I went to Vegas for my friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. None of my friends are planning anything. No, no one wants to spend time with me. No, I was supposed to go away with her. <laughs> And yeah, then I realized it's were. Father's Day and my parents were going away right. for six weeks to Europe. So I was like, eh, maybe I should spend time with my father before he literally it's goes true. away for six weeks. So I abandoned her. Mm-hmm. Little did she know, her family was planning a surprise party for her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so she was literally complaining. Like, one of her good friends texted her and said, hey, what are you doing this week? What was her response? Turning 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This, yeah, <laughs> this bitch was so salty. <laughs> that is the only way of explaining it. So it was just not a good time for anybody. You guys wouldn't have wanted to listen to my podcast anyways. Like, I really yeah. did you a favor. Um, In so. the end, she did apologize on Twitter, though. You can, you can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Directly after. It just said, I'm one. a huge fucking asshole. Yeah. That's how it's Exactly. And a video of her walking into the house being surprised. Yeah, it's totally fine. Um, all right, you guys. Let's see. What are we going to do today? So I've got... I've got a backlog of, of uh, pe- like listener submissions. Okay. I'm going to do a story. So obviously like the hometown haunt will have to just reset it because I'm not, I don't know. It's probably been like a month since I've posted an episode yeah. and I'm not going to go back for a month and figure out like what city listened to me the most no, in a, a month period. So we're going to reset it. We're going back to Hamilton, Ontario, our hometown. Um, I'm doing the story of Albion Falls, which I didn't fucking know was haunted. And it's around the corner from my home. And then you were going to do the story of the Travoli, Tivoli. Tivoli Theater from yes. James Street North. Yes. Cool. That's where all the cool kids hang out. Yeah. James Street North. I was down there today. Exactly. I bought this t-shirt there. I know you did. I know. I saw it on your Instagram. It's so cute. <laughs> um, I'm such an Italian Bella. Oh, Mamma <laughs> mia. Um, all right. So we've got a couple of listener submissions. We've got the two from Hamilton and then like next year or next year, next like I guess in two weeks, we'll just figure out what the hometown haunt is from then. Yeah. But anyways, all right. And then the next second week will probably be my last time for a little bit because I'll be going away. Oh my god, that's so crazy. I'm going away to the motherland. Um that is Poland. Yeah. And then I'm going to Iceland as well. So all you people can be very, very jealous of me. We're all so jealous. I'll buy you something nice. Bring me back pierogies. Um, I'll buy you a shot glass. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can bring me back a shot glass. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I guess I'm trying to think of how many uh, listeners submitted ones I have. This is a long one, so we'll do that one. 
We've got four listener submissions. We got two hometowns or like two Hamilton ones. So maybe we'll just do like one and then the other and then one and then the other. Cool. This story, I'm just going to do the oldest ones and work my way up. Amazing. Um, let me see here. This one comes from Teresa. So Teresa wrote in, Hi Marie, I've just discovered the podcast and I'm a little obsessed. I spent the entirety of my recent 12-hour road trip binging it and I have zero regrets. Oh yes! my god. Victoria, new fan. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I've had paranormal experiences my entire life, and I'd like to share a few with you. Feel free to share whatever you want on the podcast. When I was a kid, my paternal grandmother owned a farm in the mountains of eastern Tennessee. I know, another story from this state. Weird, right? It wasn't a functional farm, really, but there was a lot of land, and some of the old farm buildings were still intact. The original 19th century farmhouse was hit by lightning and burned to the ground a few years after my grandmother purchased it. No one was hurt and she managed to save some of her things, but she was so unsettled by the experience that when she rebuilt the house, she wouldn't put it in the same location as the original house. She built a little three-room log cabin, and when I was about 11, she decided to drastically change the house. She added a library, a dining room, bathrooms, guest rooms. It was a pretty major renovation. After the renovation was completed, I started seeing things in the house. When the family was gathered in the house, we usually hung out in the kitchen around a large island. From that vantage point, we could see almost the entire first floor, and the right and to the right of the island was the first half of the stairs. There were a few stairs, a landing with a huge, beautiful stained glass window, and then the staircase turned 180 degrees and continued up to the second floor. Every time I was sitting at that kitchen island, I could see a man standing on the landing just watching us. He was <laughs> he was tall in dark pants and a light colored shirt and was opaque enough to block out the light from the window. He never seemed menacing, but it was unsettling to see him just standing there watching. I would usually spend a week or two with my grandma in the summer and my room was on the second floor while my grandma's room is on the first floor. I never liked going upstairs at the end of the day because I would have to walk by the place where the man stood. I had other odd experiences in the house but always wrote it off as something un- as something settling or the wind or the or a pack of dogs that my grandmother had collected. <laughs> she sold I like your grandma. She oh, sold goodness. the farm a few years ago because it was too much for her to take care of and I miss it. When I was in my mid 20s, I lived in a large house with my husband and another married couple. The house was built in the 1970s in a large subdivision, not the kind of place you would expect to be haunted. My husband and I had a bedroom, bathroom, and office on one end of the second floor, and the other couple had the same thing on the other side. We shared the common spaces on the first floor and in the finished basement. The only part of the basement that wasn't finished was the storage and laundry room to the left of the stairs. And from the minute we moved into this room, or and from the, the minute we moved in, this room gave me the creeps. I always felt like I was being watched while I was doing laundry, so I spent as little time in that room as possible. That's how I felt and that's how I feel in my laundry room currently. And like I hate laundry rooms in general. I think it's just laundry rooms. Well, she's about to tell us that it's not just the laundry room, but like I mean, in my laundry room, I'm like 
we have we're like oh, fuck it's an Italian it's an old Italian house right so like we have clothes lines in the laundry room in the we basement we do too well yeah because we're European yeah. so like we hang our clothes in the basement in the cold cellar fucking laundry room yep and I'm constantly worried that like once I hang enough clothes I can't see around them really and you're gonna and I'm just so afraid clothing and, and there's gonna, gonna be, be somebody standing. right behind yes <laughs> Yes. Ooh. Well, in my laundry room, like my dad redid it a little bit, so it's it has a bathroom now, and then there's a huge wall, and like the boiler and the heater and everything are there. Right. But like for some reason, I have this feeling that like I'll turn around and there's just gonna be someone, someone standing, standing behind there. the boiler. Yeah. Terrifying. Okay. <sighs> laundry room. So Teresa goes on. Right. Teresa goes on. We kept our game systems and a pool table in the finished part of the basement, and we'd often find the lights on and things moved around when no one had been down there. We always blamed one of the other people in the house rather than something paranormal. A few months, obvi. A few months after moving in, we started hearing scratching noises in the walls on the second floor. Squirrels. <laughs> Anytime I was in my bedroom alone, I'd hear something scurrying across the floor in the crawl space above me, and it seemed to follow me around the room. A few times, one of my roommates would hear the same thing in their bedroom at the same time, but we ass- we assured, or no, we assumed that we had rodents and we called an exterminator. He didn't find any evidence of animals in the crawl space. At- He's lying. <laughs> he's a liar you need a new exterminator (laughs) i hope you didn't pay him (laughs) at least once a week we would hear someone pounding violently on the front door and there wouldn't be anyone there the scariest incident involved the basement here we go i was in the kitchen helping the wife from the other couple clean up after dinner and suddenly we heard voices in the basement we thought maybe somebody had left the tv on even though no one had been down there in hours But the minute we opened the basement door, the voices stopped. We went down to Jack and the TV was off. We went back upstairs and closed the basement door and the voices started again. It was a man and a woman and they were having a heated conversation, but we couldn't make out the words. We both left the room in a hurry. Not long after these incidents started, the other couple started arguing a lot and the activity seemed to increase. Slamming doors, small objects going missing, more voices... My husband and I couldn't take the fighting and all of the activity, so we moved out. Very good choice. A few months after we moved, the other couple filed for divorce and sold the house. And as far as I know, the new owners never experienced anything. Sorry for being so long-winded. Keep up the great work with the podcast, Teresa. And then she goes, P.S. I live in Rochester, which isn't far from Hamilton. Come visit. I've been in Rochester. Me too. I saw a concert there. <laughs> I went to visit a friend who was playing hockey. Oh, I went to go see Living with Lions, who's like my favorite band. But that's oh my gosh, small world, right? Small, small world, small world. Okay, do you want to do yours first, or do you want me to do Albion Falls first, or uh, what do you, you want? Know what? Do Albion Falls. Okay. So little little thing about Albion Falls is it's literally around the corner from my home. And I had no idea that it was haunted. There's like a huge hill beside Albion Falls. And yeah. there's a sign that says like hidden driveway. Yeah. And up on top of this massive hill, there are these, these two beautiful houses. Yeah. My sister's, bet, like one of her best friends, 
lives in one of those houses. Really? I really want to see that. Me too. Like my whole life, I was like, oh my God, I wanted to see them. And then it was her grandfather's house, which I didn't know. And then her family moved in with her grandfather. So so jealous. So I finally got to go see it like a couple, a couple of years ago, probably. It's so fucking nice. But I never, I didn't know that Albion Falls was haunted. And when you look out of the house, you can literally look down on Albion Falls. And I'm going to see if she has seen anything there. Ooh. I know. And also she should send pictures of the house because I want to see it. And I was just there with my friend the other day. Like we were just driving around and like just parked to hang out or whatever. And it was like the middle of the night. Ter- like if I had, I did not know it was haunted. I'm terrified. No. I'll never go back now in the middle of the no. night. I'm scared. I wouldn't either. No, it's scary. It is scary. Now I know it's haunted. Come on, Marie. Okay. I keep hearing something like it's clicking. I know it's just your AC, but it's scary. Okay. So it's now called King's Forest Park, which is literally the parking lot I was parked in the other night. Um, but a century ago, it was one of the darkest towns in the region. It had been wiped off. Oh, it's wiped off the map by the pro- progress of time. No, it's not. It's literally still there. It's Why would they still write there. that? <laughs> Anyways, okay, so apparently there's the ghost of a suicidal girl that haunts it. It's also a mob graveyard, which I didn't know. Oh, shit. And it was where Evelyn Dick got famous. And I don't know if you know who Evelyn Dick is, but I will give you a side note when I get to the part about Evelyn Dick. Okay. It's a crazy fucking story. It's like insane. Um. Anyways, so there is a poem... Uh, that somebody wrote that is apparently it sums up the tragic life of a young girl named Jane Riley. And the poem says, Alas, poor Jane Riley, for Joseph she did die by jumping off that dizzy brink full 60 cubits high. Um, So she was a girl and she once uh, lived in Albion Falls. I guess there was like a mill over there and she lived there uh when she was old enough to get married she had fallen in love with a guy named joseph rousseau oh i guess that's where rousseau avenue comes from that makes sense he was from a wealthy family and um he actually courted riley and everybody was kind of like uh no you're in different classes so like no it was like frowned upon obviously Mm -hmm. um and his mom was fucking pissed that he wanted it's always the moms well moms are crazy yeah um so she did not like jane she hated her she spread rumors about her um she pestered and pushed her son to break up with her um and we don't know um if what does it say we don't know if he was a mama's boy or maybe never loved the girl Mm -hmm. Uh, most men would have ended the relationship and spared her feelings but not joseph He became a playboy. He was talking flirtatiously with other young women and had been seen in the town's church with a known prostitute. That's fucking blasphemous, especially back in that day. The news made its way back to Jane Riley. Of course. Um, So she actually stood up for him and she said that he would never do things like that. But deep down, she, uh, we, people think she knew the truth because she eventually went insane. Uh, the townsfolk saw her wandering around in the woods alone. Her hair was disheveled and dirt was smeared across her face, screaming at the sky and whispering to herself. It disturbed them, but nobody helped poor Jane Riley. Okay, see, this 
now this part scares me. Like that part that I just read scares me because where I live would have been all forest back then. Yeah. And she probably fucking traipsed right over my property at some point probably. in time. Terrified. Anyways. Um, da-da-da. A few days later, um, there were men that were stationed beneath Albion Falls. Uh, they looked up at the top of the falls and there were two shadows over the sun's glare Shielding their eyes, they looked up, and they saw two girls balanced at the edge. One reached out, missing, as the other leaned forward. The men ran, splashing through the water, trying to see where she would land. They watched her fall feet first, leading to an action, removing all doubt that it was an accident. Her dress billowed out like a parachute, which slowed her descent. She wanted to die, uh, and it was evident as she brushed it down and sped to the rocks below. They stayed with her. She was barely alive, and the men reassured her that she was going to be okay. She died an hour later, and she didn't say a word. Um, nobody felt more guilty about it than Joseph's mom. After her death, she said, let all of the blame rest on my shoulders. Years passed, and she was in good health when she was sitting with her family. She stood up and yelled, Jane's hand is on my shoulder, collapsed, and died. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then it says, don't walk the woods at night. And I was literally there at night the other day. <laughs> I'm so afraid. This is why I don't leave my house at night. It says, Jane Riley is still in the woods near Albion Falls. Oh my God. Many people witness her walking among the trees. A quick glimpse as she passes, the disheveled hair, dirt smeared across her face, and the whispers of love for the dashing Joseph Rousseau. God damn Joseph. Oh my God. And then, um, there's, so this is more about like the mob, then it turns into the part about the mob. So there was a mobster who actually, they had called, his nickname was Canada's Capone and his name was Rocco Perry. He lived on Bay Street South. Uh, He was working from the house with his common law wife, uh, Bessie Starkman. And uh, it just says organized crime needs a body dumping ground. Uh, So Rocco Perry, for Rocco Perry, it was Albion Falls. In the 1920s, uh, the town was sparsely populated. It had a small hotel, it had a tavern, and it had the falls. It was located on the escarpment with hills, woods, and abandoned cabins. Two men, Joseph Boytowitz and Fred Genesi, were believed to be informants, and they disappeared in 1924. There was an investigation, and it turned up a cabin in Albion Woods. There were blood trails from the second floor down into the living room, smeared over to a recently used fireplace. Burning the body uh, was a failed task, and the blood moved out the front door and disappeared into the snow. In November, Boytowitz was found decomposing in some bushes by Boy Scouts. Eight days later, Genesi's body was found thrown down a hill. Both of the men had crushed skulls. Uh, 22 years later, the kid, there were kids playing in the Albion Woods about a kilometer away from Albion Falls. Running down the hills on a sunny afternoon, a boy saw what he thought was a dead animal in the fallen leaves, but something wasn't right. Uh, the kids got their parents and they knew it wasn't an animal because it was wearing a t-shirt and it was the torso of John Dick. So let's talk about Evelyn Dick. 
So people wonder why the torso was dumped in Albion Woods. Um, and it just says, um, if you look deep into the story of Mrs. Dick and find that one moment which explains it all. The first time police officers visited the mysterious wife. They knocked on the door and a little woman answered and took one look at the uniformed men and yelled, I had nothing to do with my husband's murder. She said that two Italian men in nice suits came to the house. They asked her where her husband was and they were big and scary. She told the police that it was the mob and that they killed her husband. Um, so it was obviously a lie. She had killed her husband, cut him up and burned his parts in the furnace but the torso was way too thick to do that. So she dumped it in Albion Falls. Um, and that's it, I guess. But she also had a baby and had cement. She killed the baby and cemented it in a suitcase in her attic. What the fuck? Now, the only reason why I even fucking know that is because when I was a child, I was sitting watching TV and like, uh, like television movie came on or like a, a commercial for like a, a like straight to TV movie came on basically. Mm. And, um, and it was called Torso, the story of Evelyn Dick. And my mom was like, oh my God, like we have to watch this movie, blah, blah, blah. And ever since I was a kid, I like loved true crime. Me and my mom would watch like Dateline episodes together, whatever. And so um, my mom started explaining to me that this woman killed her baby, cemented it in a suitcase in an attic, killed her husband, left the torso in Albion Falls. And then she was like, yeah, when I was a kid, there was a girl who I went to elementary school with. And we were really good friends. And she would invite like we would have sleepovers, we would hang out together. And so I went to go sleep at her house and like her attic was the playroom. And so we like had a sleepover in the playroom, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and like years later, I found out that it used to be Evelyn Dick's house. So she slept in the room where they found the baby cemented in the suitcase. Hell no. Yeah. Hell to the no. Yep. That's the story of Evelyn Dick. And now how I'm terrified to live where I live. Because I'm fucking so scared that I'm going to see Jane Riley's ghost. Anyways. Not cool. No. All right. We'll go back to the listener submitted ones. So I have one from Andrew. <laughs> and Andrew starts... I know this won't be the easiest to read due to the grammar and punctuation because I'm in the middle of work, but you get the point. (laughs) Good on you, Andrew. Perfect, perfect start. So I have a few stories for you. I'm from Memphis, Michigan. We'll start with the time I was home alone when I was around 12 years old. It was like 11 p.m. as I was lying on the couch in the living room. We always have a little boombox that sat on the back of the toilet in the bathroom to listen to when we were showering. Out of nowhere, the radio just started blaring at full volume this old song with the lyrics, Alone in the House Again Tonight. (gasps) No! Oh my god. Nope. I jumped up, ran to the bathroom, turned the volume down, and unplugged the radio, and it continued to play. Mind you, there was no batteries in the radio either. So I turned all the lights on the, I turned on all the lights on the first floor, went back to the couch in a panic, 
and bam, it shut off and it never happened again. Another time, I stayed the night at a buddy's house when I was about 16. There was a little boy who had drowned in a little creek like 60 years prior that ran next to his house. I was laying in his spare bedroom the following morning and I looked into the hallway and saw a little and saw a little boy, I guess. I saw a little boy, detailed and hazy, see-through boy, run through the hallway giggling. I have never seen him again, but a few other people have seen the little boy in the house and also in other houses that are surrounding the creek. Jesus, Jesus. And then he says, Google Witch's Ball, Memphis, Michigan. You'll see. We used to go there all the time when we were younger to see if we saw or heard anything. And yes, there was always activity there. That's so funny. I've I've read about Witch's Ball on this before. I've read about this. It's I think it's the um the great it's like a grave. I'm pretty sure this is the one. Anyways, yes, this is the one. Um, I've taken pictures and I've seen orbs and I've seen an old soldier riding a horse. Send the pictures. Can you send the pictures, please, please Andrew? There was always sticks and branches that would fall from the tree and hit the ground abnormally hard. One night, a group of my buddies had went there and circled this gravestone, which was a, which was a huge granite ball called the Witch's Ball. Yes, that's the one. You got it. And all held hands. And after a few minutes, one of my friends slammed his head backwards his eyes rolled to the back of his head and he started speaking gibberish and twitching and dropped to the ground and passed out. Fuck. They put him in the car and left. He finally gained consciousness in the back seat and asked what had happened and where they were. He had a headache and then the night went on. Um, share these. We'll keep in contact. I'll share more. I have a UFO story kind of like the ones that you told in the demon episode. Ooh. I've read about the witch's ball before. The The city ended up taking the ball out of the cemetery and now there's just a pedestal where the ball used to sit and people put like coins and stuff in its place like as like little offerings that's so creepy yeah all right are you ready for the tivoli theater yes okay home to the ghost of ambrose small the great theater magnate who mysteriously disappeared in 1919 Years later, they found a strange steamer trunk in the crawl space of the Tivoli when they were opening areas that hadn't seen the light of day in ages. The steamer trunk had A dot small embossed in gold letters. When they opened it, inside was a skeleton matching the exact dimensions of Ambrose. He was literally a small man. Jesus. <laughs> A forensic team was called in from Toronto, but while they were en route, the bones disappeared. Nobody knows where they went. Some say they were accidentally thrown out with the trash. To this day, Ambrose's ghost is said to haunt the old dilapidated, dilapidated, dilapidated building. Countless people have encountered his ghost and described it right down to his bowler hat. Bowler. Bowler. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Too foreign for this. And Salvador Dali mustache. They say many other spirits haunt that old theater too. Right? Yeah. You know what? There's a couple. There's one on here that we can read. So while you do that one, I can read this one after. Okay. Perfect. We're going to give you a long episode today, guys. To make up for all. Yes. All right, so I've got an email from John, and he says, Hi, Marie. Uh, 
I'm 32. I'm an empath. I found over the years that my sensitivity is kind of selective. Certain people it will be extreme, while others there's little to no connection. It's the same with physical locations. To start things off, I wanted to share the story of a building that I lived in located in Indianapolis. It has nine floors and it was built in 1929. Many of the features were kept original, including the original Otis elevator with a sliding gate. Jealous. The apartments have high ceilings and parquet wood floors. Everything seemed to be made of concrete and brick. The apartments were very soundproof, so we didn't hear the neighbors much. I felt like I was lost in time, like it was an old hotel. Very, very spooky place. It did not take my roommate and I very long to discover that the place was haunted to high hell. We never saw any figure that I can recall, but you could hear people moving and shuffling around in the apartment building at all hours. Grown men were scared to go down to do laundry in the basement boiler room. I remember taking showers and hearing people talking in my room or in the kitchen. We couldn't understand, but it would just sound like dinner conversation. We also heard somebody whistle really loud like they were trying to get our attention. There was always a high energy, like there were people walking around you all the time. One incident I will always remember happened during a jam session in the living room. We had a couple of guitars and electric drums set up along with a friend and his amp. During practice, we kept hearing this random whistle. It kind of put us on edge. Then in the middle of of a song, we heard a loud pound on the front door. It sounded like somebody hit the door a couple of times with a bat. It was crazy. We ran and opened the door expecting to see a large pissed off giant standing there, but no one was there. Nobody could have possibly gotten into the elevator and closed the gate to run off. The fire escape was far down the hall with an eight-floor descent down thin metal stairs. Had there been an actual person, we would have seen them or at least where they went. Many other things happened during our time there, but I never felt that I was in danger. Thank you so much for listening. I have many more stories to share. I love listening to you guys. Please feel free to share any of this. Be safe and stay spooky. Always, Atticus. (gasps) Atticus, first yes. of all, I love your name. Sorry, I Second called him John at first, but his like he goes by Atticus. So sorry. I like Atticus. And when he says listening to you guys, he obviously means t- me too. Obviously, he means you too, Victoria. So thank you for the shout out, Atticus. <laughs> Not directly, but directly. Um, I've got one more email, and I've got like I've got numerous Twitter and Instagram messages, but I think I'll just finish off with this last okay. email. From and then I'm going to read this one that I have. Oh, wait. Read that first, and then okay. I'll do this email. So this is the Custom House. It's at 51 Stewart Street in Hamilton. The old Custom House now houses the Workers' Art and Heritage Museum, and almost all of the staff and volunteers have had experiences there. Many of this person, so this person that wrote in, Many of my own personal experiences have taken place at the Custom House, including my most profound. I believe to this day that I saw the Dark Lady, Hamilton's oldest and most known ghost, who has been haunting the Custom House for well over a hundred years. She frequently makes her presence known to many guests that visit the building, and legend states that there are also at least 25 spirits that are trapped within the walls of the building. A woman was attacked and murdered in the basement and then dragged up the servant's staircase to the backyard where her body was buried. Another woman was mysteriously murdered where the old dumb waiter it literally says dumb waiter yeah, it's a, currently okay, yeah. the elevator shaft she was trying to send food upstairs from the basement tugging on the ropes when they appeared to be stuck. She peeked her head in the shaft to see why it was stuck 
What she didn't know was that a stranger, or was he, at the top floor was holding the ropes just before he cut them, causing the dumb waiter shelves to fall three stories and crush her skull. Oh my god. The spirit of a little boy haunts the second floor, commonly tugging on guests' clothing and giggling. And to top it off, 15 men were buried alive in the basement tunnel. No. Back when the building was abandoned. They were riding the rails and decided to stop at the custom house to seek shelter for the night. When traveling through the old tunnel, it collapsed and buried them beneath the building, leaving them there, there, their spirits, to haunt that room to this day. Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. How creepy is that, though? That's very creepy. It's very creepy. Like, I wouldn't think that there's so many hauntings in Hamilton, but there is. Uh, yeah, it's an old town. Why did my parents decide to come here? So that I can meet you and be friends with you. Oh my god, and we get to do this podcast. It's amazing. All right, last one. This is an email from Eric. So he says, Marie, first, let me apologize if I misspelled your name. As an Eric, with a K at the end of it, I totally understand the frustration. Well, Eric, you didn't spell my name wrong. It was perfect. I recently discovered your podcast, and so far, I've enjoyed five episodes. Please keep up the good work. Sorry, I had to burp. Please keep, please keep up the good work. I enjoy the banter at the beginning of the show. Fuck the haters who can't appreciate friends. Oh my connected. god! Yes. <laughs> you, know, you, you have no idea how oh many god. messages I've gotten from people since I was like, <clears throat> somebody was like pissed off that we talk at the beginning that one of our. Of you. <coughs> I get so many messages now from people being like, I love your banter at the beginning of your episodes. Da, 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 da. Oh, <laughs> Anyhow, I'm writing in because on one of your podcasts, you asked for an Australian to write in. I am an Australian American. My grandmother was an immigrant uh, slash war bride. Ooh. I can speak to the size of Australian spiders and I have a number of ghost stories to tell. Those spiders, though. Yeah. No. Being sensitive to spirits runs in my family on my mom's side, but I was the first male to show any aptitude for seeing and, and sensing spirits. It was quite a surprise to my mom, aunts and gra- aunts, what, what am I? Aunts and grandmother. From as far back as I can remember, I've seen spirits in various places, at home, at school, at work. Much of my experience has included moving items, voices, and full apparitions. It made for a rough childhood, but as I grew older and my fam- uh, my family helped me understand and I was able to better control my ability. Some examples include old style televisions with knobs physically turning off and on, disembodied voices warning me of danger, doors opening and closing on their own, candles lighting on their own, apparition, sense, apparitions, scents in the air, cold spots, and phantom touches. Ugh. If you're interested in any of my experiences, please let me know and I would be happy to share. The candles freaked me out. Yeah, and I wrote back. I was like, thank you so much. Yeah, I would love to hear your story. Send any and all of them over. Uh, And then he never wrote back. (laughs) Come on. He's probably like, post a fucking episode and I'll send you more. (laughs) Actually, yeah, probably. And that's that, y'all. And that's that, y'all. We're all done here. Um... So, if you like my witty banter at the beginning of this episode and all episodes, or if you like listening to ghost stories, 
You know, you can skip ahead of the witty banter. You just hit that little skip button. And then you get to the stories. It's fine. But either way. I mean, I know we talk, but. It's fine. I don't care. Rate, review, subscribe uh, on Apple or whatever your podcast app is. And um, email me your spooky stories. It's A-D-O-R-A-N-T-I-M at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Splendora underscore. We never put yours out. Do you want people to follow you on Instagram or do you not care? I mean, yeah, we You could. have a private profile. But I do have a private profile, but that's just because of work. You have had friends or fans yeah, follow I have, you. <laughs> and it's amazing. I love it. So mine is kind of long, though. Oh, yeah, it's, it's literally funny. my full name. It's at Victoria, spelled, spelled normally. normally. <laughs> and then my last name, which is K-U-C-H-A-R-S-K-I. Yeah. Yes, I am Polish. Yeah, we knew that. The ski. The, the ski, ski gives it away. Well, there you yeah. go.